Screen Directors Playhouse, stars Tallulah Bankhead, David Bryan, production Dark Victory, director Edmund Goulding. This is the Screen Directors Playhouse, the Thursday night feature on NBC's all-star festival of comedy, music, mystery, and drama. Brought to you by the makers of Anison for fast relief from the pain of headache, neuritis, and neuralgia. RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, first in television, and by Chesterfield. The cigarette that has, for you, mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste. The cigarette that brings you Bing Crosby and Bob Hope. Before our first act of dark victory, here is a message from the makers of Aniston. The next time you suffer from pains of headache, neuritis, or neuralgia, take Aniston. You'll bless the day you heard of this incredibly fast way to relieve these pains. Now, the reason Aniston is so wonderfully fast-acting and effective is this. Aniston is like a doctor's prescription. That is, Aniston contains not just one, but a combination of medically proven active ingredients in easy-to-take tablet form. Thousands of people have received envelopes containing Anison tablets from their own dentist or physician, and in this way discovered the incredibly fast relief Anison brings from pains of headache, neuritis, or neuralgia. So the next time a headache strikes, take Anison for this wonderfully fast relief. Anison, A-N-A-C-I-N. Anison comes in handy boxes of twelve and thirty, economical family-sized bottles of fifty and one hundred. Get Anison at any drug counter. And now, the first act of Dark Victory, starring Tallulah Bankhead as Judith Traherne and David Bryan as Dr. Frederick Steele. My name is Anne King. I've been in the employ of Judith Traherne for several years as her confidential and social secretary. About Judith. She was gay, independent, bright, and wealthy, with no serious love affair, no serious problem, and above all, no serious fear until... Oh, but let my records speak for themselves. It all began when Judith fell from a horse while trying to clear a steeplechase jump on her estate and complained of a severe headache. Dr. Steele, Judith Traherne is waiting outside your office. The girl is desperately ill. I've been watching her like a hawk. She's been losing ground each day. Three weeks. You wait till now, Dr. Parson? And you don't know Judith. She's stubborn. I don't even know how I got her as far as your anteroom. She just won't cooperate. Says she hasn't time to be ill. Why, only yesterday she went to a revival of Cyrano in the afternoon and played bridge half the night. I'm sorry, but I can't see her. I'm closing down my practice today. I'm going off to Vermont and devote my time to research... I think your best bet is to get in touch with Finley. Finley's in Europe. And besides, he's no better than I am. I want you. Can't be done. I'll see you to the door. You're always talking about the obligations of doctors to humanity. Well, there's humanity waiting for you on the other side of this door. Sorry, Parsons, but if I start making exceptions, I'll be stuck here for another nine years. Come on, Anne. This is perfectly ridiculous. I'm late. Uh, Wait, Judith. This is Dr. Steele. How do you do, Doctor? My name's Traherne. Shake. Shake. Glad to have met you, sir. Come on, Anne. One moment. How did you get those burns on your hand? Where? On your right hand, here. Between the first two fingers. I never noticed them until now. I see. Will you step into my office, please? I don't know why, but I will. Won't you sit down? I haven't much time. Neither have I. Parsons tells me you're a great hunter. Well, you could hardly expect me to enter your office leading a pack of hounds. (laughs) I understand you don't like to talk about your health. I don't. It's a very boring topic. But most people love it. I make my living listening to them. Then I'm afraid you're wasting your time. Oh, I'll send you a bill. I'm an only child. I weigh 115 pounds, stripped. I've had mumps, measles, and whooping cough. All at the proper ages. I believe I had no congenital weaknesses. Shall I go on? Yes, please. My father drank himself to death. My mother lives in Paris. 
I take a great deal of exercise. I'm accustomed to a reasonable quantity of tobacco and alcohol. I'm said to have a sense of humor. Is that all? All the inconsequential facts. What are the consequential ones? Does the light from the window bother you? No. Do you use your eyes a great deal? I generally keep them open, Doctor. That light is in your eyes. I wish you wouldn't keep hopping on that. There's nothing the matter with my eyes. You were squinting. I was not squinting. By the way, what did you do yesterday? Well, I played bridge in the afternoon. I, I went to the theater in the evening. The other way around, wasn't it? Well, yes. I guess it was. What was the play? Uh, Cyrano, that... wasn't it? Yes, that's, that's right. Did you like it? My head was aching, sir. How long have you had these headaches? Oh, I... I don't have them. You have one now. No, I've not. How much did you lose at bridge yesterday? Quickly. I, I don't remember. I know you lost. How much? How can I remember? I play bridge every day. You've been day. losing a lot lately, haven't you? Yes. Playing badly, forgetting what cards are out and what's the bid. Why do you ask me these stupid questions? I'm leaving. Wait. Did Parsons say you could go out yesterday? Listen, Doctor. I have never taken orders from anyone. And as long as I live, I shall never take any orders from anyone. And here's something else. I am well, absolutely well. I'm strong and nothing can touch me. Neither you nor Dr. Parsons can make an end of it out of me. And now, Doctor, good afternoon. Go on. Run away because you're frightened. That isn't true. Oh, yes, it is. That's why you held back certain things from Dr. Parsons. You were afraid to admit them. You didn't tell him you've been having these headaches for months, but you have. And they've been getting worse lately. Until now, you're never free of them. And your eyes have been cutting up, too, until your vision is almost cut in half. That's the reason for the accident on the jump. You couldn't see the bar. I'll tell you how you got those burns on your fingers from a cigarette. It burned you, and you never felt it. Because your tactile nerves are paralyzed. It's a lie. I'm well. Why do you bully me like this? Because I want to help you. Now, sit down. It's nearly time for you to leave. Oh, yes, yes. Thanks, nurse. Across your knees, please, Mr. Hen. Oh, you're not going to hit me with that little hammer. Why not? <laughs> it always makes me laugh. <laughs> Silly, isn't it? Uh, now the other one, please. Good, good. Now, don't be frightened at this. It's just an electric torch. I'm going to look into your eyes. You're very kind to your guinea pigs, aren't you? Would you mind just looking ahead, please? I've been told they're nice color. Teddy, please. Do you agree about the color of my eye? Oh, yes. Fine. And now two more questions. How long ago did you first notice these headaches? Horrible months ago. Five or six. Have your eyes been bothering you as long as that? No. That's only lately, the last few weeks. Well, that's a great help. And now I'm going to ask you... Dr. Steele, you're going to have to leave this minute if you're going to catch a train. Train? Oh, yes, I suppose I will. Don't look so guiltily at me, doctor. It's my own fault I didn't come to you sooner. Nurse? Oh, there are other trains. Cancel the tickets. Yes, doctor. Thank you. Not at all. A few days, one way or another, won't matter. I'm sorry I was so difficult. Well, I like the way you fought back at me. You've been a good sport. What's wrong with me? Is it my eyes? I'd be a poor excuse for a doctor if I told you before I'm positive myself. But the next few days, I'm going to ask you to submit to about a million more tests and x-rays. You can live your life normally with one exception. What's that? You'll have to see a good deal of me. I'll bet you'll be a frosted party, Doctor. Well, Doctor, this is the day. Your tests are all completed, and we have enough x-rays to start our own picture company. <laughs> What's the verdict? Sit down, Jim. Oh, no. The prisoner will rise. The sentence. You will have to operate. What do you mean, operate? On me? Where? Your head. No. Oh, after all, the brain is like any other part of the body. Things get out of kilter and they have to be adjusted. I won't... I... Anne, Anne! What's the matter? He wants to operate. Operate? On my head. You've made a mistake, Dr. Steele. I knew almost at once, but I wanted confirmation. 
I've consulted the best brain men in the profession. Well, what's she got? What have I got? The technical term is glioma. Glioma? Oh, don't listen to him. Huh, sounds like a, a kind of plant. Yes, it is. Rather like a plant, a parasitic one. If it's removed... All they're... surgeons are alike. Oh, don't get upset, Judith. You wait You've and... You've got to face it sooner or later, Judith. Suppose we don't talk about it anymore, huh? Come with me, Anne. Glioma? It's not as serious as it sounds. It's just the idea that's hard to get used to. I've got a nice view in this hospital room anyway, nurse. We're late. We've lots to do. Doctor's orders must be followed. Well, what first? We'll just get your things out and pop you into bed. Into that? Yes, if you don't mind. Well, give me my night things, please. Quickly, nurse. Here's a hospital gown. Not that. Can't I wear my own nightie? Am I to be operated on in that thing? How is everything? Turn your head, Doctor. And look at me. The very latest from Paris. Oh, strictly clinical. Okay, Doctor, you can turn your head now. Oh, thank you. Now, into bed. I want to go home. Into bed. All right, Simon Legree. Now, here's a little pill I want you to take. Something to make you sleep. I don't want to go to sleep. How could anyone sleep in a two-by-four like this? At home, I have a bed big enough for six, and here I can't even move. You take this. Oh, all right. You know, I can't understand me. I've never given in a fraction to anyone else, and here I'm letting you push me around. Well, where, uh, where do you operate, Doctor? Here or here? Oh, that's my worry. How do you do it? I mean, just what do you do? You're a chatterbox, aren't you? It's very distasteful, isn't it? Oh, well, I don't care. I don't care about anything. This is such a nice bed. It's a nice room, too. Thank you, Anne. Anne, you're standing three miles away. Come over here, darling. I love you, Anne. I don't know what I'd do without you. I love you. Do you two like each other? Of course. Sure. I I want you to like each other. I love everybody. Will they cut off my hair? Just a little of it. I don't want my hair It'll cut grow off. back. Well, yes, of course it will. Silly of me. I feel so good. Nothing to think about. You're going to sleep now. That's right. I must do everything you say. I'm in your hands. Nice hands. They're good, strong hands. Doctor? Yes? When you get inside my head, see if you can find any sense in it. And now a word from RCA Victor. There's nothing more fun these winter nights than curling up in front of a good warm television set. And let the laughs, chuckles, and downright merriment of television entertainment warm the cockles of your heart. And if there's one thing that's more fun than just plain television, it's television on a new RCA Victor set. Yes, almost two million families today are happily using RCA Victor television in their homes. And you'll know why when you watch the lifelike picture on RCA Victor's new model, the Kent, now on display at your RCA Victor dealers. The Kent brings you clear, big 17-inch pictures locked in place by RCA Victor's exclusive eyewitness picture synchronizer. And then, too, look at the value of the Kent. It's like having console television at table model price. You'll say that RCA Victor Television is the best way to warm up your heart with television fun and keep the frost off your pocketbook. The Screen Director's Playhouse continues its presentation of Dark Victory, starring Tallulah Bankhead and David Bryan. 
The operation on Judith's brain was finished. The result? Well, what operation doesn't need a prayer? So I prayed with all my heart for the finest woman I'd ever known in my life. The door was ajar and coming towards me in the hospital corridor was Dr. Steele. He was staring straight ahead and was in deep conversation with Dr. Parsons. I couldn't hear what they were saying. Is there no hope, Dr. Steele? I'm afraid not. She's bound to have a recurrence. She'll apparently be as well as any of us. That is, in, well, until her... Well, her sight may fail at the end. Amblyopia? Yes, but there'll only be a few hours after that. This is a rotten business. Doctoring. A glioma. A girl like that who's so alive and so entitled to live. To have this contemptible, meaningless growth come along and put a period to it. Are you going to tell her? Did you want her to know? No. Well, then that's the answer. Look, Anne, darling. Look at my new hat. It fits beautifully, doesn't it, Anne? It's lovely. Ah, behold a new woman from top to bottom. New shoes, new stockings, new dress, new hat. <laughs> oh, doesn't the world smell nice, Anne? Mm, everybody for miles around is thrilled that you're back with us. It's nice to be loved. Where is that New England quack? Oh, I told him five o'clock. Oh, is that his car turning in now? Oh, come on, darling. I tell me, do I look all right? Oh, shall I change my hat again? Huh? It used to be six hats on the floor, uh, and now it's 12. You used to be mad, but I don't know what that doctor's done to you. You're madder still now. Now, let's not make a fuss over him in sport. Let's have some champagne. Champagne while we wait for him. He said I could, darling. Have one, Anne. To me, to life. May we never be ill again. Well, ha, ha, look who's here. Sorry I'm late. I was at the hospital and I had to, you know... Never mind that. We're not interested in medicine here. Sit down, won't you? Have a drink. No, thanks. I'm having one. You said I could. Thanks for everything again. My drink, my horse, my first day. Have you been a good girl? No. I thought not. Why? Oh, I just knew you wouldn't be. I knew you could never be. You mean a good girl? Well, I am. And... And see if it's come. Hurry up, darling. All right. Why are you so grumpy, doctor? You say I'm always grumpy. Oh, I've been good until today. I've been your slave. And I'm well. Look at me. Reflexes terrific. Balance perfect. Why, I can walk a line backwards. Want to see me try? Look, it's arrived. Oh, excuse me. Ah, kneel on him. Club him if necessary, but make him have a drink. Get that uh, look off his face somehow. Oh, you did that, Doctor. Aren't you proud? I don't want a drink. Thanks. Dr. Steele, when you came into Judith's hospital room right after the operation, you had a certain look in your eyes. You have it now. And I'd rather not... Is there something? Something? Please. You see, I am her best friend. You come outside. Of course, Are you going to be strong enough and intelligent enough to hear the truth? There is something. Yes, there is. I can't say about it. Nothing can. Nothing. She's going to die. Oh, no. Yes, it's true. You shouldn't have touched her. She'll have that pain again and that ghastly confusion. No, no, she's not going to suffer again. That's all behind her now. She will seem as well and as normal as anyone else. How long have you known? During the operation. I could have let her go. I almost did. Why didn't you? I'm only a doctor. I haven't the jurisdiction of life and death. How will it come? Quietly and peacefully. There may be a moment near the end where she won't be able to see, quite as usual. She'll go blind? Yes, but first a dimming of vision and... Then after a few hours, say, two or three... Doctor, how long has she? A year? Six months? Four? Possibly. Lock up, Anne. She must know. Be a good soldier. Boo! 
sneaks. You're hiding out on me. What's the idea? Well, actually, we were talking about just how much you ought to do, Judith. I told him you had a devil of a day, and he doesn't seem to think it matters. I have had the best day of my life. This little present is for you. You shouldn't. Oh, look at the man. I thought surgeons had to have such steady hands. Thank you very much for these cufflinks. Best present I ever had. <sighs> I'm awfully glad you like it. It's all we could think of, wasn't it, Anne? Of course, it doesn't seem enough. Oh, wait, I have an idea. This is my birthday. What? It is really my new birthday. Every year on this date, we'll meet. Just us three pals, huh? We'll meet and we'll have a party. Oh, let's go. We have a date. Now, in the morning, I'm going to wear my green slacks and the small tie. I'll wear the big hat for lunch. He'll like that. I've got to look my best, honey. If ever little Judy had to knock them for a row of pins. Do you think we ought to dress for dinner tonight? Oh, yes, let's. Let's be dashing, darling. Just as you please. What's the matter with you, Anne? Nothing. I've got to get through these bills. It's the tenth of the month. Forget them. Anne, you will put on your best dignity, won't you? Help me keep dignified. Judith, look at me. I am looking at you. You're in love with Dr. Steele. Yes. Mm-hmm. I thought so. What about him? Has he given you any encouragement? Not a ripple on the water. It drives me crazy. But when I just think of him, I... Oh, well, when I think that if I hadn't fallen off that horse, hand, it's awful. But it's wonderful. Life's a different thing. For the first time in my life, I get up in the morning with something to live for. He's very fine, isn't he, Anne? He's, he's worthwhile, isn't he, Anne? But if he's given you no sign, how do you know? Well, it's just to be hoped for. Time will tell. Oh, he's so sweet to me, Anne. And he didn't go away, you know. That's one sign for Dr. Watson. Don't be against me. I'm not. Will you do something for of me? Of course. I was just thinking that uh, you might take advantage of any lull in the conversation tonight just to, uh, well, you know, mention what a good wife Judith would be and uh, an ideal mother. And, uh, well, well, don't you think I, I would be? <laughs> the best. Uh, keep both fingers crossed for me. One day it'll happen to you, Anne, and then you'll know. It's a grand and glorious feeling. I'm going to my room and change, now. Operator, get me Murray Hill 77340. H Hello, Dr. Steele. This is Anne. It's important that I see you right away. Sit down, Anne. Thank you. Doctor, is Judith meaning anything more to you than just... just a patient? Yes. Much more. What are you going to do? Are you going out there tonight and tell her and take her in your arms? She'll expect you to marry her. Are you? Or is it better for you to go away and leave her with us? Which is better? She told me she's in love with you. You said that? You know, Anne, women have never meant anything to me before. I'd never met anyone like her. I was all set. I had plans and arrangements. Yes, Vermont. Why don't you go away for your own sake, for your work? Work? When I can't cure her? There's nothing else in my mind. Isn't there anything, anything? What has she done that this should happen to her? She's never harmed a soul, never done anything to anyone but kindness. Look, I had a letter from Vienna today. The last finding in the case. Not a chance in the world. I don't know where to look next. Here's the 12 greatest authorities on glioma. 12 of them. Prognosis, negative. Prognosis, negative. Prognosis, negative. Oh, I'm so sorry for both of you. But you couldn't marry her. Do you know what marriage would mean to her? A home, children, plans for the future? Could you do that to her? The great thing for her is to never know. Well, could you, could you watch her growing happier every day with this thing creeping up behind her back? 
Could you stand that? It isn't a question of what you or I could stand. The only thing that matters is that she should be happy every hour. Could it be a, a long engagement? And all my life I've told people what to do. Now, and what shall we do? Martha, is everything ready for tonight? Yes, ma'am. Where's Anne? I haven't seen her all afternoon. She's out. Where'd she go? Didn't you telephone Dr. Steele's office before? What's that got to do with it? Wasn't she there? No. What do you mean? She telephoned, made an appointment. She said she had to see him on important business. She sees him often. Oh, don't be so silly, ma... How do you know? I hear them on the telephone. They're talking behind your back all the time. Something goes on between those two. Oh, nonsense. Gossip. I'm sure Miss Anne was at the doctor's. She must have had some very good reason for being there. But when Dr. Steele gets here, I'm going to have him uh, examine your head. Answer the door, will you please, Martha? Oh, I'm sorry I'm late, Julie. Oh, Anne, where'd you go? For a drive. Where to? To town. What for? Oh, I... Where'd you go? I... I have to get dressed or I'll be late for dinner. I'll see you later. Hello, Judith. Did I, uh, stumble into something? Yes, Doctor. Anne and I were on the verge of a jealous scene about you. What? Oh, darling. Darling, you are a fool. Don't you know I'm in love with you? Oh. Oh, I know I've made an idiot of myself, but... I don't care. Naturally, you must be embarrassed. Well, you're being proposed to. Well, Fred, all you have to say is that you don't want me and... I love you. I love you, Judith. <sighs> I always have. I love you, Fred. I love you. I don't have much to give you. Much, darling. You've just given me the world. For the first time in my life, I'm a complete person. Let's take time out for a message from Bing Crosby and Bob Hope. Say, Bing, you got a minute? Oh, sure, Bob. I got all the time in the world. Don't tell me you own that, too. Oh, never mind that stuff. Get to work, will you? Okay. Folks, Better Tasting Chesterfield is the only cigarette that combines for you mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste. And you can prove that yourself. Just make our mildness test. Buy Chesterfields, then open them and enjoy that milder, mellow aroma. Now light one up, and you'll know Chesterfield's milder because it smokes milder. And Chesterfield leaves no unpleasant aftertaste. That fact has been confirmed by the country's first and only cigarette taste panel. Yes, mildness and no unpleasant aftertaste are what you and I and every smoker wants. Hurry up, Dad. Here comes the music. Chesterfield, Chesterfield always takes first place. That milder, mild tobacco never leaves an aftertaste. So open a pack, give them a smell, then you'll smoke them. You are listening to the Screen Director's Playhouse, the Thursday night feature on NBC's All-Star Festival, brought to you by the makers of Anison for the fast relief from the pain of headache, neuritis, and neuralgia, RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, first in television, and Chesterfield, the cigarette that has, for you, mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste, the best cigarette for you to smoke. The Screen Director's Playhouse presentation of Dark Victory, starring Tallulah Bankhead and David Bryan, We'll continue in just a moment after a brief pause for station identification. This is the Screen Director's Playhouse. We continue with the third act of Dark Victory, starring Tallulah Bankhead as Judith Traherne and David Bryan as Dr. Frederick Steele.
It was the eve of Judith and Fred's marriage when she accidentally came upon a file marked Case History, Judith Traherne. She opened it and read a letter addressed to Dr. Steele from a brain specialist in Vienna. A study in the case history of Miss Judith Traherne and an examination of the tissue sample sent me lead me to concur with your diagnosis. The prognosis is definitely negative. Death in such cases is... Prognosis means the future of the case. Negative means hopeless. Hopeless. Prognosis negative. Prognosis negative. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm late, darling. I had a consultation. Really, you look lovely. Have a drink, Fred. No, thanks. Waiter, another one for me. You should try one someday. I will. Perhaps on our wedding day. (laughs) Ah, our wedding day. What's the matter? Matter? Could anything be? Oh, here comes Anne. Oh, if I'm late, I'm terribly sorry. Don't be sorry about anything. Sit down. Join the party. We're playing games, hide and seek. You can play, too. Puss in the corner. What are you talking about? I don't know. If you like, I'll leave. You two dear friends probably have a lot to talk over. My two dearest friends. Have a cocktail, Anne. I'm going to have another. Yes, I'll have a cocktail. Oh, they're fine, fine. They deaden the brain. You know about brains, Doctor? They loosen the inhibitions and make the tongue wag. You should both have one. Judith, are you quite well? You should know how ill I am. Am I well, Doctor? Shall we order? Waiter! Why don't you tell me what this is all about? Why don't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me? Waiter! I think I'll have a large order of prognosis negative. What do you mean? You know. Earth should have plot. Prognosis negative. Do you know what prognosis negative means, Doctor? Explain to her. Or have you? A few months of pretending you're well, then blindness, then... So long, my friends. Wait, Judith, we can't talk here, but Oh, yes, we can. It was a question of humoring the patient, huh? Pet her. Give the poor darling everything she wants. The time's so short. Marry her if necessary. Now I know why you went to his office that day. It was to beg him to marry me out of pity. You're both so kind. Thank you very much. Judith, you're wrong. Don't touch me, please. Judith, what else on earth could we have done? You could have told me the truth. I can take it. It's two o'clock, Mr. Hearn. Last drink. Ah, that's funny. What? Time. Did you ever think of time? It goes. That's the business of time. Tick, 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 tick. You can almost hear it go by. Before you know it, it's all gone by. And where are we, my friend? Hello, Michael. Congratulations on your winning the all-around jumping cup. No, thanks. You're an excellent stable for me. But Mary's got bronchitis. Can't possibly last the night. There's a tragedy for you. (laughs) Jessica's girl has bronchitis and can't possibly last the night. Jessica's girl is a horse. Poor Jessica's girl. Why don't you put her out of her misery? What'll it be, Mr. Hearn? The usual, champagne. Well, 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 if it isn't the extraordinary surgeon. I've tried to see you. How's your mortality rate these days, Doctor? Any more fun with the knives? Drop it, Judith. I know how you feel. Anything to strike back at me. But don't do it this way. 
What do you mean, this way? This. There's nothing in it. What do you want me to do? Sit alone and brood or read a good book? Judith, I, I want you to find peace. We all have to die. The tragic difference is that you know when and we don't. The important thing is the same for all of us. To live our lives so we can meet death when it comes. Decently. Beautifully. Finally. Decently. Beautifully. And finally. I'll die as I please, Doctor. Leave me alone. Well, Michael... Is Jessica's girl dead? No, she's game. She put up a brave fight. How nice. You're cold. There's a stove in the feed room. Would you like to come and warm yourself? Why not? The first cold is always the bitterest. The first and the last. Talk to me, Michael. What'll I talk about, Miss Judith? Oh, anything, anything. Just talk. Well, there's something about the way you ride a horse that puts my heart in my mouth. Can I say something to you, Miss Judith? Go ahead. I told you to talk. You've been going too hard, night and day. You can't do that and keep on with your jumping horses. It's terrible hard on you. I was hoping that in the state you were in, you wouldn't ride tonight. Silver cup isn't worth it. I wanted that cup. I had to show the gentry that I still have what it takes. You sure have. Keep on talking. Just as one human being to another. What's there to say? Are you afraid to die, Michael? I wouldn't want to die while you're alive. Oh, Michael, you're making love to me. You invited me to talk to you as a man. It's as a man I'm talking. Surely I'm better than some of them that's playing around with you. They're afraid of you. I've heard them talking. They'd go after you, but they're afraid. I wish I was in their boots. Do you, Michael? Come here to me. The nights I've laid awake thinking of you. The things I wanted to say to you ever since the first time I saw say you. Say them, Michael. We're say behind. Them. Well, you belong to me and no one else. Oh, no, no. Let me go, Michael. You're afraid. No, but... but... So, I'm only a stable hand. It I... isn't that. It isn't that. You just can't go on this way. Tonight it would be you and after tonight, but you again or someone else. And so on until the last hour. No, Michael. I can't die like that. Die? What's this crazy talk about dying? Well, I'm going to die in a few months, Michael. Does that frighten you? Heaven forgive you for saying a thing like that. Yes, heaven forgive me. When it comes, it's got to be met decently, beautifully, finally. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? I'm all shot, Michael. I'm shot. Operator, Murray Hill 77340, please. Is that you, Judith? Yes, Anne. Oh, it's very late. I was afraid something had happened. Oh, no, no. But you should be asleep, Anne. You've lost a lot of sleep. Where did you go after you left the club? To the stables. I've been with Michael. Michael? Uh-huh. Don't worry. Anne, I was saved. Of course, for what I was saved is not quite clear. Whom were you calling? It doesn't matter. There wasn't any answer. Business of apologizing to a gentleman for ruining his life along with mine. But I don't suppose it matters. Oh, Anne, I'm tired. I'm so tired. Let me put you to bed. Why? I'll read you to sleep. Why? So I can dream. Oh, Judith, don't talk like that. Please don't, Judith. It's the waiting, Anne, day and night. Anne, would it be wrong if I made it happen? Would it? Oh, Judith. Judith, please don't. What shall I do? What can I do? What would you do? Hello, Doctor. Judith. Look here, I'm sorry. This is a fine time to be visiting your apartment, isn't it? Well, I hope you are not operating tomorrow. No, I'm not. Would you care for a drink? No, no, thank you. 
Can you ever forgive me? There's nothing to forgive. The things I said to you. It's good to say things. Sort of gets them out. You said you wanted me to have peace. Where is peace? Within yourself, Judith. I've tried to do the things I said I would. Tried to carry it through to the last empty post. But tonight, darling, there's been no one but you. Oh, how good it is to call you that. Darling. I couldn't go on. You bitter toward me. Please don't think of me that way. I love you, Judith. Yes. I believe you. It isn't just pity. I take back every unkind thing I said to you. Oh, Fred, help me. I've been so stupid. I've crammed every minute so full of... waste. Now there's so little time. Don't know what to do. I'm afraid. So good. And right. And strong. It's strong. all right now. It's all right, Judith. If you'll only let me see you sometimes. You're going to. Every day. I'll show you what peace I can. You're coming with me to Vermont. Am I? No. It wouldn't be fair to you. We don't have... Forever. Will you marry me, Judith? Marry? Oh, wouldn't it be marvelous if we could? A real wedding. Giving away church bells and champagne. A white frock, orange blossoms, and a wedding cake. Well, that's one thing I won't have missed. And you're giving it to me. I can never love you enough. A letter from Anne, Martha. Is she coming up? Well, not yet, but soon, I think. She says, um, still trying to rent the house, but no one seems to have any money, and I'm not going to let tramps have it. Oh, Martha, why do people complicate their lives so? All those horses, that house. Here in Vermont, we have nothing, and yet we have everything. Well, I wonder she hasn't popped up to see you. You haven't seen her for three months. Oh, she'll be up. She said she wanted to get the work done. What's that you're preparing? A baked potato? Do you mean Dr. Steele hasn't had his lunch yet? I knocked at his door twice. Then I fixed a tray and knocked again. When he's busy with his bugs, he's like a bear with a sore head. I wouldn't disturb him. I'll disturb him. Give me that tray, Martha. Am I afraid? I told you never to come into this room when I'm working. This joint is a septic. And you're crawling with microbes. A fine way to talk about your wife. You're combusting in here with microbes just when I was discovering the secret of life. Well, I'm not so sure I was at this minute. <laughs> well, but you will, darling. You would have now, but, well, it's my fault. Forget it. My little bugs have met your little bugs and the food's little bugs, and they're going to have a party. And they'll get cockeyed drunk where there'll be no use to anybody. If at first you don't succeed. Come along, Doc. Say, I'm hungry. You know it's almost two o'clock. Keep your hands off this food. It's probably got some of your bugs in it. If the sandwiches' bugs get into your bugs, it's not improbable that the bugs get into the sandwiches. <laughs> What's new in the world? Guess what? Anne's coming soon. Here's a letter. Okay. What did you do this morning? Big thing. What? I walked. Where did you walk? The village. Can we sit at your table, Martha? What if I said no? <laughs> hey, this is great. We'll give Anne a field day. We'll show her the great village of Brattleboro. Hey, get your fork out of my place. Hello, Martha. How are you? I'm first rate. It's good to see you, Miss Anne. You're looking a little peaked. No, oh, we'll fatten her up. A little country gravy. Oh, the house is perfect, Judith. Where's your lab, Doctor? Back here. Come on. Coming. Don't let her in, Freddy. She's got bugs, too. Let's unpack for her. Oh, my, but it's impressive. How's it coming, actually? Fine, I think. 
Someday in my lifetime or some other man's lifetime, we'll have a cure for glioma. Fred, is there any chance for her? No. Oh, I'd so hoped. Don't hope. But all this, this lamb. May say mother's someday. That's all, Anne. I can't make an appointment for a miracle to happen. Does... Does Judith fully realize? Yes. Oh, I can't believe it. She couldn't bear it. No one could. Secretly, she must believe All that... my life, Anne, I've seen people suffer. Seen them die. But I've never seen anyone like her. From what deep well she draws her courage, I can only wonder. I'd have cracked without her. She's beyond words. You saw her. She laughs and sticks out her chin. She can take it. But she can't always. No one could. There must be bad moments when she thinks... She doesn't think. It's forgotten. That's our pact. We never mention it. And you mustn't either. I'll try. So long, Doc. Michael, don't say Doc. That's not half enough respect for my husband. Oh, but we are grateful to you, Michael, for coming all this way to see us. You will come again soon, won't you? If the weather's as beautiful as it is today, I'll be back in a hurry. Judith, here's a tongue twister. Incomparabilis. Ab- ab- Incomparabilis. Oh. Plant them where there's plenty of sun, Anne. <laughs> all right. Oh, and here's some John Quilla Narcissus. What a pretty name, John Quilla Narcissus. I'll name a horse after it. <laughs> oh, go along with you, Michael. So long, Anne. <laughs> Goodbye, Miss Judith. When I look at you now... What makes me believe in those prayers I've been saying? Michael, Michael. I'll see you at the Grand National. And Michael, if we can't make it for some reason, think of me. Goodbye, Michael. Goodbye. Goodbye, Michael. Goodbye. Bye. Come on, Anne, darling. Come on, we'll start our spring planting. We'll start... Those how dark is getting. Why, Judith? It's getting darker by the second. How dark has gotten. That's funny. I can still feel the heat of the sun. Oh, no. Judith. Anne. Judith, it isn't true. There are clouds. The sun has gone. It's all right, Anne. Anne. It's all right. If the ladies' gardening group can adjoin for a moment, I've got some news. We're going to the Big Bird. We're going to New York. They just read me a wire over the phone. I'll be over and show it to you in a second. Oh, Judith, you can't. Don't tell him. Maybe it isn't anything. This is great news. What happened, darling? Here, Judith, read the wire. Trisha sent it to me from Philadelphia. Well? Oh, nice. How nice? Is that all? Will you read, Anne? I never could read your handwriting, darling. Of all the profound understatements. Dr. Frederick Steele, wild with excitement over your latest report biological tests convince me you may be on the right road with isolation. Isolation, see? You choke off the oxygen. Oh, no, you two wouldn't understand. Believe we should present material at board meeting in New York tomorrow. Please wire my enthusiastic congratulations, Fisher. Oh, it's wonderful, darling. Isn't it, Anne? Please excuse what seemed my lack of enthusiasm, darling. I was uh, over for a minute. Sure. Don't I know? I'm in the clouds myself. I wired Fisher I'd meet him at ten in the morning. Oh, 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 did you? It means driving to Mills Junction to catch the 440. I'm going to the house to get things moving. Martha's packed for you, but I can't even find my socks. Fred! No, Anne. What are you going to do? I don't know. I don't... No. Nothing. But you can't go. No. Well, you can't let him go. Say, I'd gladly stay with you and help you plant those bulbs. I wouldn't mind even being late. Except this board convenes just twice a year. Would you want... Me to stop that, Anne. Oh, Judith, you can't send him away without knowing. Anne, I won't. please, darling, please go on planting the flowers as if nothing had happened out, dear Anne. Please, please, I know what's best. You know what this means, don't you? If it's true, it means that in 10 or 15 or 25 years, I'll begin to get someplace. Oh, very exciting, isn't it, darling? Oh, I'll say it is. Maybe we'll be acclaimed. Maybe we'll get our pictures in the paper. Yeah. Say, which one of these outfits do you want to wear? The gray or the black? Oh, uh, I'm not going, darling. What? Look. You've not packed enough shirts. Come out of it, Judy. No, I'd rather not, really. 
You'll be busy. I'll just be sitting around a hotel. Nonsense. A couple of days in New York will do you some good. Please, darling, don't force me to go. Force you? Well, of course, darling, it's anything you want, but well, I New thought... New York bores me. It really does. This is my home now. I'd much rather stay here. You're trembling. Am I? Well, it's uh, the first time we've been separated. Man to girl, get a little sentimental. Judith, I'm not going. You must. I don't know what I could have been thinking about. I'll call Fisher and tell him that I can't... Oh, darling, are you worried about me? Every minute you're not in my sight. Well, you needn't. Anne's here. Yes, but if anything should happen... It won't. It won't. I'm not afraid anymore. Judith, we agreed. That we wouldn't talk about it. Yes, I know. I used to be afraid. Oh, I died a thousand times. The next time death will come as an old friend. Gently, quietly. Oh, my God, Judith. We've had so much. Just minutes. If we lived to be a hundred, we could have no more. Oh, I've been so happy, darling. When the time comes... When it comes, I'll go with you. Fred. I swear I won't. No, you won't. Couldn't be that unkind to me. Unkind? Don't you see, my darling? You've done so much for me. You've given me the bravery I needed. Do you understand how much that's going to mean to me? Mayn't I return? Know that I've given you the bravery to go on living. I couldn't live without you. You must go with your work, darling. I wouldn't want my death to be futile and meaningless. But it is. It's futile. It's meaningless and it's cruel. No. Not if you take revenge for it. Revenge? Revenge. By wiping out this thing that is going to take me away from you. You must. You will. And with each blow you strike, you'll say, that was for Judith, my wife. Judith, I can't lose you. You'll never lose me, darling. Nothing can hurt us now. What we've had can never be destroyed. That's our victory. Our victory over the dark. And it is a victory. Because we're not afraid. Thank you, Judith. You must hurry now, darling. Hurry. Come and say goodbye to the old boy, Anne. He's off. Judith, please, Anne. So long, Anne. Take care of everything. I will, Fred. Now hurry, darling. Hurry up. You've got to drive like mad. Goodbye, darling. I'm going to be awfully lonely. No, don't tempt me. Get going. Hurry home. Hurry home. Now, Anne, have you planted the harsons yet? Yes. No, I... I don't know. Oh, I'd like to help you with them. They're his favorite flowers. Here. Here are the bulbs. I'm afraid I won't be much help, but uh, if you'll dig the holes, I can drop them in. Judith, you shouldn't. Please, Anne. I want to very much. They should do very well in the soil. The garden will be beautiful in June. Everything blooming. I can see. You will take care of my flowers, won't you? Water them well. Yes. And Anne, will you take care of my doctor? Will you? You know what I mean, Anne? Oh, Judith, please. He'll need someone. He mustn't be alone. It's so much worse for him than me. <laughs> That's really true, darling. I'm the lucky one. I'm the lucky one. All our is growing old, getting sick, tired and worn out. Promise me you'll never leave me. I promise. Don't cry, Anne. Don't cry. I'm awfully happy. Really, I am. I'm awfully happy. I think I'll go in now. I walked to the old mill this morning. Very beautiful with the new leaves on the trees. Why don't you walk down there and watch the sunset? Do you think I'd leave you? Please don't understand. No one must be here. No one. I have to prove to him that I can do it alone. Maybe it'll help him over some bad moments in the future to remember. Be my best friend, Anne. My best friend. 
go now. Judith. Yes, Judith. <laughs> Martha, I'm, uh, I'm going to lie down for a while. I don't want to be disturbed. Very well. Shall I draw the blinds? No, no, thank you, no. Just do one thing for me. Hand, hand me his pillow. Here, Miss Judith. Place it over mine. There. Thank you, Martha. Now cover me up. Are you all right, my child? Oh, yes. Yes. I'm fine. Dark Victory has starred Tallulah Bankhead and David Bryan. Next Thursday, the Screen Director's Playhouse will present for the first time on the air that hilarious comedy, No Minor Vices. And our stars in their original roles will be Dana Andrews and Louis Jourdain, with our guest screen director, Joseph Mankiewicz. Now, here are Tallulah Bankhead and David Bryan. Hello, darlings. This is the moment I've been waiting for. You'll be able to pay tribute to a great director, Edmund Gooty, the director of the motion picture Dark Victory and many other fine films. Anytime you see a movie in which you miss the credits, it's very easy to tell an Edmund Goulding production because it always bears an individual touch and mark of distinction. Tallulah! I'm not reading from the script this time, Eddie. This is from the heart, darling. I'd like to say that I wholeheartedly agree. I've seen many of your pictures, Eddie, and you're a credit to the industry. Thank you, Tallulah and David, for your kind sentiments. In Dark Victory, there was the problem of Glioba. Well, we in America in true life are faced with many more problems. And the answer? Tonight in many cities, mothers will be out ringing doorbells to remind their neighbors of the March of Dimes. Those who are contacted will welcome this reminder to contribute to this worthy cause. For you who live where no such efforts will be made, I offer this suggestion. Give, and give generously to the March of Dimes. No matter how little, no matter how much, just give. Give as much as you can afford. Give more than you can afford. Give your car fare. And thank God you can walk home. Good night, darlings, and God bless you. Dark Victory was presented through the courtesy of Warner Brothers, producers of Storm Warning, starring Ginger Rogers and Ronald Reagan. Listen every Sunday to your local NBC station for Tallulah Bankhead as mistress of ceremonies of NBC's The Big Show. David Bryan appeared through the courtesy of Warner Brothers, producers of The Enforcer, starring Humphrey Bogart. Edmund Goulding is currently directing Friendly Island for 20th Century Fox. Included in tonight's cast were Lynn Allen, Norma Varden, Stan Waxman, and Ralph Moody. Dark Victory was adapted for radio by Jack Rubin. Screen Director's Playhouse is produced by Howard Wiley and directed by Bill Karn. Portions of tonight's broadcast were transcribed. This is Jimmy Wallington speaking and inviting you to listen next week when we present No Minor Vices, starring Dana Andrews and Louis Jourdain, with Screen Director Joseph Mankiewicz. William Bendix lives the life of Riley tomorrow night on NBC, the national broadcasting company.